you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect it, you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect the chat, so respect it, you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect it, respect it, respect the chat, you gon' respect the chat, you gon' respect the chat. What's up, y'all? Respect the chat podcast. Back in the building, the RDC crew is here. Frankie's here. What's up? Rich is here. What's going on, everyone? It is episode 49 of Respect the Chat, one away from a um, uh, milestone, but we'll get there next week. Let's talk about 49 right now. This episode is dedicated to Richie Podcast, Richie Red Zone, Richie Kuiper, <laughs> Richie Lugnut. Lucky Richie Lug Wrench. Richie Lug Wrench, <laughs> right. All of those. It's Rich's birthday today. Happy birthday, Rich. Birthday Thanks, podcast. That's it. It's a birthday podcast. How old are you? 50. Third. Whoa. Oh. Who said 50? Whoa. 30, 31, man. Take 31. Almost. It's been a hard 31 years, though. <laughs> Oof. You could, you could see all 31 of those. Take it Dang. easy. Take it easy. What is this? Beat up on Rich? <laughs> Dang. Yo, I'll tell you what. Y'all out there who listen to us, we much appreciate that. But I know you don't know much about us. The people who know us do and the people who don't li- and then listen to us. I mean, God bless you. We love those people. I'd love to meet them at some point. But Rich is the greatest dude in the world, man. Not only is he a good guy, bro, but he takes care of my sister. He's a good husband. He's a great father. Um, he's a guy that's very patient. Would you say that, Frank? Patience of a saint? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of an absolute oh, saint. Yeah. Shout out to my sister, Katie. And um, just a hardworking dude, man. Loves sports. It's all about family, man. Always helps anybody out that needs it. And uh, we love you, Rich. So happy birthday, bro. Respect the chat loves you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Amen to that. We got a lot of movement in the NFL. Ton of movement in the NFL. Ton of good movement. I was loving it. The biggest one out of all of them is obviously the Antonio Brown has been traded from the Steelers to the Raiders for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. The Steelers uh, get a third and a fifth-round pick, and they have $20 million of dead money that they cannot use. Um, against their cap. So I want to ask you guys a question. Do you think that they got what they deserved? That's the first question. Do you think they got enough for Antonio Brown? That's a better way to say it. No, I don't think so. I think they could have – I mean, they were in a tough situation to get rid of him. So right. I think that's why they had to trade him and get what they got, you know? I definitely thought when they were talking about the trade going with the Raiders that they were at least going to get one of the ones with their first-round picks. But they only get a third and a fifth. I thought a I, second. Yeah, something better than a third and a fifth. I was very surprised when I heard that. I definitely think he's way worth more than that. There, there's like a lot of... Every time I feel like I watch a story on this, I learn something new about... Like like I was telling you before the podcast started, if he didn't want to go to a team that he was traded to, all he had to do was hold out, and then he would have went back to the Steelers. So it's not like the Steelers could have just did a deal with anyone. Which is what I wanted to ask you guys about because when when that deal uh, got put on social media about uh, him going to Buffalo, right? Those are from reliable sources, NFL.com, ESPN, like like big name organizations that had him going there. And I was like, I was thinking about it. Do you think that maybe Buffalo put that out this way they could just like gauge how he was going to be with the trade before they actually went through with it, like? Let, let's say that he's going here and let's see how he re- reacts. And if he reacts badly, then we'll just not do the trade. What are you talking about? Because immediately after that, that report came out, he tweeted false trade. That's Fake what news. you're referring yeah, to? Yeah. Fake news? 
yeah. or something like that. So they wanted to kind of like gauge whether he wanted to come or not. I feel like if he would have said, cool, let's go, you know, I'm ready to go, yeah, I don't, they they would have pushed the trade through. I don't know what, what what went on with that. I was talking to Mike about that too. Like that was so weird. Like these are reputable guys making these statements. Like they're not just going to throw that out there if it wasn't going to go through, you right. know? Yeah. And then the next morning it's like, oh, it's false. So something went on there. But, I mean, that definitely could have been it. You know, they could have been feeling him out, see how he was going to handle it. They and don't someone want released there. that information before the trade went went uh, public, right? Before yeah. it was, like, confirmed. Yeah, I think that, like you said, I think that's a really close possibility in the sense of, like, Buffalo and Pittsburgh talked. And then they were maybe working on something. And maybe Buffalo was like, maybe we should release something within us, even though not even telling Pittsburgh they're going to do it, but just get a feeler Gage. of what it's going to yeah. be. And... I mean, from Antonio Brown, it was backlash in the tweet of fake news. But from when I heard it, I was just like, that just don't make any sense to me for Buffalo because he doesn't want to play there. I didn't think he wanted to play there, just strictly based on the city. Well, we don't know what they offered, right? It could have right. been a first-round right. draft pick, and that could have been the best offers for the Steelers. And, right. And he doesn't have, like, a no-trade clause or anything, mm-hmm. right? So if he won, if if the Steelers wanted to, they could have traded him to the the team that offered the best, best yeah. thing, you know, yeah. without, like, worrying about how he was going to do there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think that was their concern at first until they realized that when he gave a backlash like he's been doing, you know, and, and listen, I, I think rightfully so he's okay to do that because you don't want to end up in another city where you're going to cause another problem and you don't want to be. I just don't think he wants to be in Buffalo. Nothing against Buffalo. He's just not a guy that's built for that. He's proven that he's a flashy talker, player, lo- love, loves the lifestyle of being in a big city. Pittsburgh offers that to you. It's a great city. Um you know, he lives, I think, in Miami in the off season, but I just don't think the city matched him. But I also, more importantly, don't think the team matched him. I don't think he would have done what I think he's going to do in Oakland. And I think for, for for Buffalo to put it out there like, hey, let's feel this out is a, is a good move. I never even thought about it like that. But I think they kind of, I think they had to know in their hearts, like, this you, guy. You never yeah, know, yeah, though. Yeah. I don't know. They, it, just to me, Oakland, just the city itself, has so much mystique. And that's what I was talking about with Johnny and Rudy, uh, our cousins, well, over a text message with them. Like, I just don't think – I think I, to me, Oakland is a better team. They have a better quarterback. Okay, my basin is strictly off the quarterback. A majority of it, yes. And I know Allen is young. But Derek Carr is a proven quarterback. Well, do you think – for me, this cements that Derek Carr stays there because Antonio Brown's not going to have any part of having a new quarterback that he's got to deal with, like, learning curves with, you know? Yeah, I agree. So if they sign Antonio Brown, that means Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback And that's, a, that's a, 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 an exact point, and I'm glad you said that, is because he's not ready to go to a team like Buffalo. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, that, that was my thought process. And yeah. play with a guy who's in his second year and have nobody else around him but have to deal mainly with a quarterback who's just starting to learn the game. Like, he's 10 years in, whatever, how many years in, Antonio Brown. defenses are going to key on him 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're going to key on him in Oakland, too. Oh, definitely. And his legacy is on the line here because the only thing that's been posting after this is is how bad he is without Ben, right? right? So he has a lot to lose here. He wants to go to an established quarterback because he needs to put up those kind of numbers if if people aren't going to be saying, oh, it was just because of Ben. Yeah. And right. also, 
I think that system's going to fit him perfect. John Gruden is going to do everything he can to get him into plays. You know, totally agree. <clears throat> so, and I and I also think week fourteen, I saw on ESPN they showed a clip of Gruden giving his opinion on Brown because they were about to play him, and he was saying he's the hardest working guy in practice. He's the one of the best, if not the best. Uh, wide receiver in the NFL, like praise and praise for like five minutes. He went on on this guy, on, and, and I mean that was proof. He he had a love for this guy, and he knew there was something going on there. The Raiders made I think a great move because I think the Raiders could s- still have a lot of picks to get a lot of young guys in there. But if you think about the offense in just the sense of like Derek Carr, a pr- a pretty good offensive line. I know they had a down year last year, but I believe a lot of injuries. Did that, and now Gruden's second year of the guys coming in, but pretty good offensive line. A, I think a good quarterback, Jared Allen, who's really good. Uh, Cook, Jer- Jared, Jared Cook, Cook but he's me. getting he's a little older. I yeah, think but he he didn't pre- he didn't show his age at all no. last year. He was a beast last year. Jordy Nelson, who's also there, and I know he's on the and the downward of his career, but he's he's still got some in him. And Antonio Brown and Marshawn Lynch running the ball, which I think he's only there for another year, but still. It's a it's a pretty good yeah. structure there. And then there's some rumors too that saying Golden Tate might go there. Right, that might be a possibility. No, I don't think lands. they're done. Yeah, I don't nah. think they're done. As much as I hated on Antonio Brown for a first re- draft pick, I feel like I would have wanted a first draft pick for a third and a fifth is a no brainer. Right, it's I was no brainer. So yeah. shocked when I yeah. heard that. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Um, I, I seen this thing. Yeah, Rich. I I'm, I just want to go back to what I. Previously said on this oh, podcast. Oh, Rich called this, bro. I, I called him that. I, I still think my 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 thing was that Brown and Bell are both going to go there. I think uh, Bell, most. I don't think he's going to end up there anymore, just because I don't think they're going to have the money for all these guys. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong. I mean, this might be AB might talk to him and say, "Hey, let's come to Oakland. Let's let's do this together. Let's build this here. Yeah. Let's change black and yellow to black and silver." Yeah, you know, bro. Let me tell you something. This How team, awesome would that be if, if they got Bell? If this team gets Bell, and they got Brown, and they got Carr, and they got Cook, and they sprinkle everybody else up in there, they use these and they start picks building on the defense. defense. Right, exactly. Whoa. I, my whole argument was— And they're going was, to Vegas. When they go to Vegas, they're going to be lighting it up, man. When, when, when Gruden was doing mm-hmm. all these things, yeah. where when he was cutting players, we were like, what the heck's he doing? I said, he's building this team for Vegas. Mm-hmm. When this team goes to Vegas next year, yeah. he's going to have this team— as one of the best teams in the NFL, that's but, it. I think that's his plan. That's why mm-hmm. he did. Uh, he cut, you know, making room, money, room, getting these draft picks. You have to trust John Gruden. Yes, I, and I do. I think he's going to do great things with the Raiders. I'm telling you. Yeah, I got a question for you guys. And um, but before I get to that, I think the other thing, thing that may benefit them of getting Bell is that when you go to Vegas, there's no tax, and maybe though they can't offer him the money that he wants. Maybe it works out in the long run for him, and they do a shorter deal with a lot of guaranteed money, or they do a long deal, you know, with with maybe every year it goes up or something like that. I think they could f- try to figure it out. But Frank, where do you think this leaves the Steelers? Where are the Steelers at now? They're in a weird spot. I think I, they got like a mix of young and old players. I think they just need to commit to building up the defense mm-hmm. and kind of let the offense figure itself out right it's going to be an interesting team offensive wise defensive wise they're already going through that transition but offensive wise i didn't think they were ready or or thought about rather wow we're gonna have to revamp the whole team now at this point the offense is ben is on his way out really connor is now the official guy there 
Juju is now the official, other official guy there. And now it's like, okay, now what do these young guys do? I think a team like the Steelers can recover from this because they figure it out somehow when they don't got even the star players there. But they've had some stars there for the last couple of years, and now they're back down to the like the, you know, building from the ground up. Have two really good pillars to build on in Juju and Connor. Um, and you know the defense got some young guys in there too that that, that are gonna do their thing. But the biggest thing I seen about this, you know, I looked at these stats of like Antonio Brown, um, uh, his catches compared to the other receivers, and a lot of them are when it, like routes that he runs. You know, they were, it was broken down to routes he runs, um, success rate, yards per attempt, and touchdown rate. And the biggest difference in any of those is the touchdown rate. His touchdowns is significantly more than everybody else. But just running those routes, and I think they got, got Juju and Washington is there, and they're going to obviously bring some other guys in um, to help out in between there. There's going to be guys available, you know, maybe Deshaun Jackson, maybe Cole Beasley. I don't I think, think they make a move on any of those guys mm-hmm. with, with, the, with the cap hit. I think it's going to be like a mini rebuilding year for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're going to use their draft picks this year and then not like take the year off, but not as worried about what happens next year. And then the year after, get some more drafts and maybe pick up some free agents then. Mm-hmm. That might be a possibility. I don't know I how, mean, how, if they could really do that with Ben and his age and how many years he got left to just say, hey, we're going to rebuild here, Ben, I don't know fi- if they have figure a choice. it out. Yeah. I, I, and I also agree with that too. I think the biggest part for the Steelers is replacing Big Ben. Mm-hmm. And you know, knowing that they have a quarterback in, in Dobbs or Mason Rudolph, that's going to be a big key yeah. to see if one of those two could step in. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, the Steelers always draft well, but I think they're going to go out this year. They have to get a possession receiver. Mm-hmm. They need someone like that. Juju's a, he, he's a great route runner, but he's more of like a deep threat type guy. They need someone like a Cole Beasley, even like a Golden Tate, mm-hmm. someone that could run these routes across the middle, get you know first downs and let Juju do the rest. They need someone else to take some pressure off of Juju. I, I definitely agree. I think they need somebody else. I think Juju could do everything, though. Yeah. I'm, I think he could do every route. I mean, he's a big play receiver, and he catches those long balls, but he can catch everything in the middle, But not middle like too. A.B. was doing. No, A.B. was different. A.B. was a whole other animal. But Juju is on his way to that, I think. Is Juju a top 15 fantasy guy next year? I think so. I think he's a top 10. Okay. Top 10 guy overall? Top 10 pick. In fantasy no this year, no way. You think you can name ten more, ten receivers that you'd rather have than Juju? Or, no, you're talking ten picks, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's including like running backs and wide receiver. I don't think yeah. he's in the top ten fantasy pick. All right, tell me ten guys. I'm gonna say top, top twenty. Of your head. He's in the top twenty. Let's go top. Let's go ten guys off the top of your head. <laughs> what? Just right go ten now? guys. You put me on a spot. Le'Veon oh. Bell, right? It doesn't Barkley. be in any order. Barkley, Gurley, Bell, Zeke, Gurley, um, Julio, Julio. Brown. Uh, uh, you still got to put Brown there. Okay, um, that's fine. I'll give Hopkins. It to you. Um, David Johnson. David Johnson will probably be there. Yeah. And Juju. No. <laughs> you got too, you have you're to, stretching. You're stretching right no, here. That's no, what I'm saying. You're stretching. He had a great year. Tyreek Hill is in there, right? He's got to be somewhere maybe mixed in there. You never know. There's quarterbacks who may sneak in. But he. I agree. Maybe he's 10-15. But he is a really good receiver. I think you're right. They got to add somebody else in there who can catch those shorter passes and gain, gain some chunk yardage but like no Brown one, used to do. But we have to see what he could do without having A.B. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was. 
I'm oh, telling that's you, crazy. A- well, AB took a lot of pressure off, so he was yeah. able to get open more. Now that he's going to be the main guy, and if they don't get another guy to take some pressure off for him, yeah, he's not going to be able to do much. I mean, I mean, he's going to be he's going to be able to perform because he's a great athlete, but I right. just don't think he's going to have a like a crazy season or like this past season he had like six, seven, one hundred yard receiving games. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be able to do that again without AB. It's got to look different when the other guy on the other side, who's really, 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 really good, is not there anymore. You know, it's going to look different to you. Maybe it's a little learning curve, but he's really good. I think he figures. I think they figure it out. They're a, they're a good team. I think they're better off um, not having this drama. I think they're a way better team with Bell and Brown. But I think the drama ending now, they can get to what they need to do and get back on track and not be in the news for, like, guys not showing up, guys not on a contract, guys who want to be traded. You don't need to really deal with that. And honestly, I think – and listen, I love Big Ben. I really do. Um, I, I love him as a quarterback. I've always loved him as a quarterback. It just seems like now, you know, he's going to be transitioning out himself and they're going to be going in another direction, you know, at some point here soon. That's what I think they're all getting ready for. But Pittsburgh Steelers fans, whew. <laughs> It starts, bro. That's it starts. It. March 13th, too, yeah. opens up everything, right? Right, right. And it's obviously, this trade didn't go through yet, but yeah. March 13th is when everything will go on. Exactly. You got some other free agents, Rich? Guys who maybe... Yeah, I'm going to go through a bunch of things. Okay, right. Real quick, I'm just like notable franchise tags that did happen. Davion Clowney, or Javate, yeah. Jadavion? Yeah, there Clowney, was Clowney. Okay. You got that first try. I, I did get it, right? Then you I had it. up. He, uh, the, the Texans franchise tagged him. Okay, good. Move D. By Ford them. got franchise tagged. Okay, good move. Demarcus Lawrence got franchise tagged. Cowboys. Uh, Grady Jarrett for the Falcons. Yep. He got franchise tagged. Yep. And then Frank Clark for the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. got franchise tagged. And then a couple other notable ones that didn't get franchise tagged was Tyron Matthews mm-hmm. and Landon Collins. Right. I think the Texans re-up. Give give Matthew was only on a one year deal. He wanted to bet on himself. He bet on himself pretty good. He had a really good year. I think he fits them. I think he stays there. I think he likes it there. They like him. It's, it's a good match for Houston. I think they give him a big deal. I think Collins is out though. Yeah, I, I think agree. Collins is out of New York. He he's done with it there. And I think they, he already tweeted something yeah. like, "Thanks to the Giants organization." Yeah, yeah, they would have franchise tagged him if if they were going to work that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's out. They also traded Olivier Vernon to the Browns. Yeah, so I think they're kind of like but looking they got at a, their defense. Like they got a lineman in that deal. Yeah, which I think is what they're they're trying to build that line. They need okay. a line. That's fine for Barkley and then yeah. I like that move for Cleveland. Adding another yeah. really good guy Cleveland who's a good pass all, rusher. All, all the good moves. I really like what they're that, doing. That Add him to Miles Jarrett. Up. Did you see what they offered for Odell? Yeah, I saw that. For the Browns? It wasn't great. What was it? A couple picks. It was like a like a tight end, a lineman, and a D lineman. No, it was it was picks, I thought. Mm-mm. I must have read a different well, Whatever line. it is. And then you gotta you want Odell, you gotta come up you gotta come up on the price. Definitely got to come up in the price. I mean, the Cowboys are in the market for a safety. It's either Earl Thomas or it's Landon Collins. One and of those Ra- guys. The uh, Ravens are in talk to get um, also to get Matthews because they just cut Eric oh, Weddle, okay, who ended up signing with the Rams, which right. I think is up. Also, C.J. Mosley. C.J. They're they're gonna they're gonna work out a deal. Yeah, with they're him. saying they're working out a yeah. deal for him too. They just didn't want to franchise tag him. They want to give him his money. They, they want to do it right. Give they're not money. trying to pull the Steelers here. <laughs> But uh, how about that Weddle? Weddle gets cut by the Ravens, and then like three days later, the the Rams pick him up. I yeah, think that's move. a great spot for him. Yeah, Sean McVay ain't stupid. 
It's one thing he ain't, and neither is um, uh, the offensive, the defensive coordinator there, Wade, Wade, Wade Phillips. And he, they got guys who they know can play really well, and I think that's a good thing. I think the Rams need a little more help deep and in that secondary. I think I, I heard they're not going to re-sign Ndamukong Sue. I think they're going to let him walk. Um, and I think they they cut they, one of their linebackers too, number twenty six. I forget his name. Yeah, but they uh, did a couple of moves. Yeah, they're gonna defense. move. They're they gonna move something. some guys. They gotta they gotta look at that line, and it's built around. Um, you think you think Weddle will be able to control Peters and Talib though? Like be able to like? Yeah, I think he's a good match for them. I think they respect him, and that's one thing that they I think realized a little bit this year. At least Talib, uh, at least Peters, is man. I'm not invincible. I got beat a lot this year. Having a safety like Weddle to kind of help you know, them behind out. me is really going to help me out a Control lot. Control that back part yeah. of the defense. I yeah. think that's a great. That, that's going to do them really well. Yeah, no, Weddle was still on the is still on the top of his game, man. His last three years with Baltimore, he yeah. was uh, all phenomenal, pro, uh, all pro safety. Phenomenal. Him, him, and Jefferson were a great match over there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting who they replace we're going to get with. someone. Yeah, I, I would love to get Collins, but I don't think that's possible. Never know. You never know. Um, you need a quarterback. And wide receivers <laughs> and a running back. <laughs> you you did sign your tight end to a really long term yeah. deal though. Need Nick one Boyle. Of figure. Need one of those. Sign Nick Boyle. They said though, if the Ravens would have let him walk, that he would have been the most interesting tight end this offseason mm-hmm. to sign. But we have fifteen other. Would have been nice ends. if you had someone to throw the ball to him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How about Carlos Hyde to the Chiefs? Yeah, I, that's a I nice like pick that up. move. I like that move by the Chiefs, but I don't think they should. You know, like Jock, what's his name? Style, Damian though. Williams. Yeah, don't 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 cramp him up because he man is really good. He fits what you do really good. He's powerful and fast. I don't like when they throw too many guys in there. And I understand Andy Reid knows obviously better than me, way better than me. So he has a plan for these guys when he gets them. And um, I really like uh, Carlos Hyde as a player. We'll see how he fits in Kansas City. I think they're just going to rotate those running backs just to keep them all healthy. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. I think Carlos Hyde's a good running back as well. But like I, like you said, you can't – I think you got to let Damian Williams go. You got to let him have his moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want you all to watch this dunk right here. And I'm going to print up this guy's yeah, name in a it. little bit. Um, John Morant. Yeah, we're watching John Morant's conference championship game from last night, the dunk he had. Watch this one. Oh, my gosh. Like Insane! You, I cannot oh, wait. Oh, in the middle of a game! I cannot like, wait to hear you talk me? about this. He guy. set this some kind of assist record too. In in that game? No, like throughout the season. Throughout the season, I mean, he averaged ten assists. Right now, it's nine, but um, averaged about nine point nine ten assists per game. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, before we move on to him, yeah. I, I'm really interested yeah, about Rich. him. So I don't know much about him. So, but one other trade that happened, I found was interesting, which I always find things interesting on this podcast. That is true. <laughs> Case Keenum gets traded to the Redskins. No, what I found interesting, that's going to be Richie, <laughs> Richie Lugden's fr- first shirt when we make up the shirts. There it is right there. No one has averaged 20 points per game and 10 assists per game in a season since assists became official statistic in 1983. Dang. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Ja that rules. Boy, that, boy, <laughs> that boy is real. Go ahead, Rich. No, the Case Keenum gets traded to the, uh, oh, the Redskins. Yes. Well, Rich, you thought that Nick Foles was going to go there, and I think that was a, a good thought. Um, I said Nick Foles to the Jaguars, though. 
And yeah. I, and, and that looked like it would, would, would possibly like may go down. down. Um, but like you said, and like you both of you have said before, Alex Smith is not going to be ready for the year. So you got to come up with some other move. And I think Case Keenum is a good, a good move for them. I think, yeah, definitely. I kind of think it's a good fit. Yeah. Is that I crazy do. to say? No, I agree. I agree. Totally. All right. I totally agree. The thing about Case Keenum is, is that he's not an, obviously an elite quarterback. Um, Neither was Alex Smith, though. They're kind of like the I same guy. Alex, no, Alex I think Smith Alex Smith is really good. good. Yeah. I think he's really good. He, he can run. He can throw. He's smart. He doesn't turn the ball over. Mm, yeah. Keenum is a gunslinger. <laughs> and he's just going to – and he ain't is as seasoned, to say the least – of a description and look about at the him. T- and look at the team he, he went to the Broncos who didn't have a bad offense no. they had Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas they're not nothing. good though who who Demarius Thomas <laughs> and Emmanuel Sanders are not good football players <laughs> you're telling me the receivers on the Redskins right now are better than those two no, no. I can't even name the Redskins receivers. no but they're not good but they're bet they're they're good. Well, the point is, is that he didn't do good with, with guys who are quality receivers. He, did, he did good with Diggs of, and Thielen, though. Oh yeah, I mean that was another level over there. And the defense was really good that year. They were on point. And Cook, once again, had a humongous year that year. The run game was great. No run game in in Washington. Hopefully, well, Washington hopefully gets that that rookie guys, running back. Darius guys Darius comes back. back. Okay, hopefully, no defense. Not a I mean a a, a decent offensive line. You know, a banged up. Tight end, no receivers. So Case Keenum's got a lot to figure out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I like it because there's another team in the division that hopefully stinks. <laughs> then we the, could, we could the Redskins had the to rest. do something. You know though. They had yeah. to get a quarterback. They couldn't rely on Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy couldn't be their quarterback this year. Totally agree. Is there any more free agents or anything, Rich? Uh, no free agents, but okay. just they're doing. Obviously, the mock drafts are out, right? And yeah. I found this interesting once again. Found mm, interesting. There's only one running back getting drafted in the first round. What it's they're projecting. It's not a great year for running backs. Yeah, no. and it's Josh Jacobs from Alabama. Yeah, but I found that interesting. Usually, there's a couple running backs, mm. at least three to four, that are drafted. This right. year this is a defensive draft. This defense. Year. The first oh, yeah. ten picks are all defense. A lot of defensive guys, and they're all amazing. Mm-hmm. They're all gonna kill it. Yeah, they are, and I think that's what the NFL is kind of looking at, looking for right now, because the offenses are off the chain. You got defensive tackles running like four sevens, yeah. four sixes. Yeah, these I mean, guys are something else, man. Here's now this mock draft has DK Mac, Ma, Metcalf going to Buffalo. Yeah, imagine him and AB. I mean, we don't really know what this yeah, kid could produce, it, right? But he he looks like a beast. Mm-hmm. What pick do the Raiders have? The Raiders they yeah. have the twenty seventh, the twenty fourth. Yeah, the twenty. And where do they have Metcalf going? What pick? Ninth. All right, they don't think he drops any further. Maybe the Raiders move up. To, he could still end up with AB in in Oakland, but here's the deal: Oakland wants a defender. They're gonna get defenders. Yeah, I that's think the, their first picks. A Maybe defender. they pick an offensive guy, but they ain't no rush to get no offensive guy. They're gonna go defenders too. So, yeah, Metcalf and, and Brown could have been nice over there and see how it is. But that Oklahoma kid is really good. There's other kids in there, the other receivers who they could end up on teams, but specifically the Raiders to match with AB. Could be big later on in that pick or so, but um, what yeah. is the Raiders' first round pick? Because you named the Steelers, uh, the, the the Raiders' first pick. Yeah, what they number the, did they have? The twenty fourth. The twenty fourth. I thought they had no, sooner no, than no. that. Their first round pick because one of they have Dallas's right. They have the Bears and they have theirs. Yeah, Dallas doesn't have a pick in here. I know, but oh crap! The fourth. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, the yeah, fourth. Yeah. 
Sorry, you're the my fourth bad. overall I, pick. Yeah. All right. So that's what that's that why I asked that fault. question. I I, I, okay. I didn't even see that up top. And that's why yes, I was. That's what I was going to combat Ooh. that with. And then you hit me with. Yeah. Not I was going to say, well, they could get him and still match him with the Raiders instead of Buffalo. They're going and with then Josh you were like Allen. Twentieth. I was like, oh dang. Okay. Well, that ain't going to work. Yeah. I, I didn't even see that up there. That was my fault. Yeah. Yeah. The fourth. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's oh, theirs yeah. because the shitty thing, uh, the crappy <laughs> thing about <laughs> what happened with them, the only bad thing that happened with them is the Cowboys and the Bears ended up doing really good last year. Yeah. So their first round picks that they got from them kind of fell, you know. Right, right. But Still, theirs, they sucked. So. Three first round picks. Right. So they could either go, they could either go with a a defensive guy first and wait to get another receiver to match Brown or so, or they could just be like, yo. We're gonna snatch up this big receiver. They got that a lot of money too, yeah. so they might just snag one of those free agents that you were talking about and mm-hmm. use all three of those picks on defense. Right, or move down in the draft and get more picks. More Who picks knows? or a player? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just go down a couple. Imagine picks. they get Odell. Oof, goodness gracious! Who? They, they possibly the. Listen, their world of possibilities opened up because of one guy. Yep. One guy, Antonio Brown, came over there and now. At least in my head, I think about them way differently, and I think about those picks differently, and I think about their future differently, just by one guy and what he could do. So a lot of, lot of really, as Rich would say, interesting things happening in the NFL. Um, we're going to slide over to college basketball for a second because I had this on my mind. And speaking of John Morant, man, this guy to me is so good, um, explosive, and um, this is what I think. Let me know what y'all think. I think the first pick in the NBA draft should be John Morant. The second pick should be R.J. Barrett. The third pick should be Zion Williams. That's what I say the the team should do, and this is why I say that. John Morant is a, like a combo guard, so he could play the one or he could play the two. He could score like a two, but he could dish like a one. He could run the floor like a one. He could um, create like a two. He could shoot. He, he, he could he could control the game in so many different ways that I know R.J. Barrett could as well. And to me, like I spoke before, Zion Williams still has to learn some um, of his game to then go to that next level, which I think he could. But just to me, these two guys have a crazy game to them, uh, Morant and, and R.J. Barrett. J- John Morant is averaging 24 points a game, five rebounds, and 10 assists. That's that's at the point guard position. 24, five rebounds, and 10 assists. And we heard that stat before that we went over. Um, R.J. Barrett is averaging 23 points, seven rebounds, four assists. So Moran is only averaging three rebounds less than a guy who's 6'7". Do you know what I'm saying? That's that's pretty crazy. R.J. Barrett is 6'7". And he's averaging uh, only three more re- rebounds, less points, and less assists. So that's why I think John Morant is above him. Williamson is 21.6 rebounds, two assists. So the assists are way down. The rebounds are obviously the highest out of everybody. Um, by Morant, by like whatever, five or so. But look at, look at Ja's height compared to Zion and really what he plays and where he is on the floor. And, you know, less points. So... That that's my argument for John Morant being first, combo guard, very dynamic, can play both the one or the two, is a, can score, can rebound, and can assist. Everybody, I think, with him going to a team, really could boost what they're doing and create a lot of different things. What do you think? 
John Morant first pick, or you guys are stuck on a Zion or R.J. Barrett? See, I, I think Barrett's stock went down and Zion's went up since he got injured because Duke hasn't looked as good. And and they just lost to UNC again. Mm-hmm. So I think it shows how much Zion meant to that Duke team. And he's going to come back now, so we'll get to see that again, mm-hmm. how it went. But I would go Zion, Morant, and then Barrett at this point. Okay, okay. I think they... They lost games with Zion as well. They lost about two, three games with him, and I think it's even. I think they lost two or three with him, and they and they like their win loss differential is relatively the same with or without him. I, I do think, think they, they're a I better think they team. They lost with the same amount of games, but they played way more. They won way more with Zion because he was only out for right. He's only a been out amount. for a little bit, but and they, they lost the same amount of games in all season. He well, was there. Well, they lost to UNC without him, and then I think they won the next five or so, right? Five or six. They lost two more of those games, and they they lost in last night there? to UNC again. Yeah, I know and, that. And one more, I I believe. Did they? Okay, okay. Um, Rich, what do you think, draft pick wise? I I don't think he's a number one pick overall. Mm-hmm. RJ, Just, uh, J, John Morant. John Morant, yeah. Okay. I mean, he's definitely a top three, top five pick, mm-hmm. but. I don't know how I look at things, which could just be completely. I talked to you before about it. I just think the competition that John Morant has to go against is a little different than what, you know, Zion Williams and RJ Barrett is going mm-hmm. against. They're playing in the ACC mm-hmm. on Duke's team. You know, mm-hmm. they're playing a higher level of talent every night. So I just think when you look at players, you kind of at least at least me. If I was drafting mm-hmm. someone, I would I would look at the competition they went against. You know, mm-hmm. anyone can have good stats if they're in a, in a, in a Lesser of a division, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So. Well, here, here's my. I told you my argument for that is Steph Curry was in the same type division but that John Moran num- is. He in. wasn't the number one pick overall. No, he wasn't the number one pick overall. But I think if John Morant came first, and then Steph Curry was in the same position John Morant was in, people would look at him way differently. You know what I'm saying? Like if Morant was was in Steph's position, he went whatever whatever pick that was. And now they're like, wait a second, we've seen what this guy could do. Like, people have seen what Steph could do. They don't want to pass on another guy but just based on the division he plays in and against the competition, so-called competition, which could be right or wrong. Uh, you know, to Well, that team is going to go to the tournament, aren't yeah, they? So, that's what, so we'll that, get to see how he does against real competition. That was my, art, that was yeah. my next statement yeah. I was going to say. Well, if he goes in this tournament I think he plays out, against real competition, though. I, you gotta I mean, he's it, not going against Virginia and Gonzaga right. and, and UNC – Twice a year, team right, team built wise. You know, like I think guys are really good individuals in the conference he plays in, and the and the and the conferences that nobody really knows about. But team built wise, Virginia team built wise has all super all kids who are really really good. Duke and UNC, the whole team is really good. These other guys are really good, but they're individualized on a couple different teams, spread out more. They're the, also the competition's not as well more spread out. Right? right? Yeah, you would think that as well. Yes, um, but just to me. What this kid could do, it fits his his it fits the NBA game so much. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's so perfect. I, I think so, but I just don't think it's gonna give him unless he goes in his tournament. He's lights out. He mm-hmm. pushes this team to like the final four or something. Yeah. But I just feel well. He's either one, two, or three right now. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. So uh, if he has a crazy tournament, he might shoot right up to the top. Possibly, but yeah. I still think. What if this happens? What if Zion Williams and Duke get bumped out in the not even not the first game? Let's give him the second game. They get, they get bumped out in the second game. R.J. Barrett and Zion are out in the second round, and Barrett goes to, like, say, the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. We're not even going to give him the championship. 
but they got a really good team, Murray State. It's not he's the main piece, but they got other guys in there it's who possible. are really good, and we're gonna we're gonna see them in the tournament. More people will know about them. Um, but what if that happens? Do you start to think about them differently? Possibly, mm-hmm. it's possible. Yeah. Anything's happening. Any, anything right. could happen in you know an NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I just think though, when these teams actually look at it, the, the big picture of it, I just think how Duke has to play better talent. I think that will help Zion and you also RJ. have to think about the money too, right? Because whoever drafts Zion is going to be selling jerseys that day on draft day, and that's going to be creating revenue because he's a big superstar already. So I think teams take that into consideration also. This kid is a superstar, though, bro. Yeah, but he's not as... People are going to levitate to him. He's not, but he will be a superstar. Well, Zion is, is a superstar. Because he plays at Duke and he gets that that And he just had all the hype, you know, yeah, from the yeah. beginning of the year, the yeah. way he jumps so high, and, and he does stuff that, that not everybody does. Mm-hmm. Whether that uh, converts to wins or not, it, mm-hmm. it does sell jerseys. And I think if you look at John Morant's body type and what he does... And looks at Zion's Williams body type and see what he does. They're both freakishly athletic, and you just giving them given their body types. Given this guy just jammed over three guys coming down a lane, at his body type, that's hard to do. At Williamson's body, that he can get that much weight that fast off the floor and is that super athletic is super impressive too. So I think they're very similar in the body types that they have been given been God-given at this point what they deal with. And R.J. Barrett, too, man, the guy is so good. And he's lefty. And he's creative. He's, he, he's, he could play the point guard if you, need, if you need him with the ball in his hand. Or he could play the two or the three, I think. You know, he's 6'7", man. He's a big dude. So I think the NBA's got some nice young talent coming in. Here's, here's the draft class that Steph Curry was drafted in. Okay. Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. James Harden, mm-hmm. Tyreek Evans, Ricky Rubio. I'm, I'm, I'm not really doing it in order. I'm just right. naming some players. Right. Steph Curry, DeMar Rosen, Brandon Jennings, um, Drew Holiday, Jeff Teague. Who do you think is the best in that draft now? There's a Steph Curry is. Okay. Or James and Harden. He was drafted seventh. James okay. Harden was drafted third. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin was number one pick yeah. that year. And Tyreek Evans was fourth. Yeah, Harden or, or Curry are the best player in that draft. Right. Delmar Rosen, the uh, the Rosen. Then DeRozan was after that. Yeah, Tyreek Evans had a ton of hype at Memphis. He was a really good player. Had a ton of hype coming out of high school, going into college and playing there. And that guy was number two. I seemed to beat, and he played at Connecticut, and he was another guy at the University of Connecticut playing really well. They, I don't know if they won the tournament that year. Or they went really far, whatever it is. But that's my point here: is that people got to start looking that way. Wait a second. Is the obvious guy sometimes not always – I'm not saying Zion needs to drop any lower than two or three. You know, I'm just saying right now built on this guy, what this kid could do, I think he could be, do, be doing dynamic things as soon as next year. But look at what Steph Curry did for Davis, and he pushed him to, I think, the lead eight or final yeah, yeah. four, right? Yeah, he far, and he yeah. still fell to seventh. Yeah. Because these other guys were on better teams. Right. And it did take Steph a few years to become the suit, you know, the – the superstar that he was. Yeah, did he, yeah. did he play all four years in Davidson? I think so. I believe so. And this guy's uh, sophomore, sophomore, John Morant. Yeah. I'm just saying, how do you do? You let that happen again now if you're NBA. I see a team might make it. Like, a team depend- might say, "Well, man, we should have took Steph Curry second or first. The Clippers who took Blake Griffin, he no longer plays for the Clippers. Hasim to beat the second guy doesn't play in the NBA anymore. So James Harden is at three. Let's move him up to one. 
Tyreek Evans, I don't even know what team he plays for anymore. I think he maybe plays for Memphis, possibly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where know he is. He moved around so much. Ricky Rubio is good, but nah. You know what I'm saying? He's all right. Johnny Flynn doesn't play in the NBA anymore. He was a great player for Syracuse. Steph Curry moves up. Steph Curry's the one or two pick. See, then. S- Steph Curry, and listen, I no one has loves for Steph Curry like I do, but do you think that a lot of the success that he had is because the coach of the Warriors, uh, his name's escaping me right now. Um, uh, Steve Kerr? Yeah, he... Was he, he the coach when he got drafted there? No, Mark Jackson Mark was. Jackson was, that's right. Yeah. Mark think, Jackson built that squad. Yeah. I think they had enough vision to, to see that... This guy, this guy's skill set is what we need to base our team around. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? No one, no one really had an offense like that before. And I don't know how if Steph develops into that much of a superstar if they don't cater to his his strengths like that. I think he, I think it helped him immensely in the sense of like they cater to his strengths and they win championships. I think he would have been really, really good NBA player with maybe not as many championships or any if he was on any other team. But he but could fill he, it up. Would he have What's, felt comfortable to take those those shots? Yeah, that, I think that, so. That it, gave him that name. Yeah, he's built for that. He's a scorer at heart. One of the best we'll ever see, in my opinion, when it comes down to it. Shooter, maybe shooter, best shooter, maybe not scorer, best shooter ever when it comes down to it. But I think he's super creative, even in the lane and in you know in the paint. He's not just a three-point shooter. It, I think he flourishes no matter where he is. But he, the smart thing that Kerr did, because he transformed from and when he Kerr went from was Jackson that player to Kerr. on the Bulls. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. kind of built he kind of built the Warriors' offense based on what he did well. I think. Yeah, he shot well, and that's about where it ended for Steve Kerr. He couldn't play anything else. He, thank <laughs> God he played with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the rest of that crew. Here's the first five picks, the teams in the NBA draft yeah, coming okay. up. Phoenix Suns, okay. New York Knicks. Phoenix Suns have a point guard right now in Devin Booker. Okay. But imagine Devin, Bo- Devin Booker and John Morant. But okay. okay. And that New- young squad that's there. New York Knicks are second. Okay, I'd love it. Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> are third. Okay. Chicago Bulls are fourth. And Atlanta Hawks are fifth. Okay. What team do you think John Morant will fit better on? Man. Well, the Knicks got a, a really young point guard also that they like, don't they? That that they kind of invest a lot of time and money into. That kid Frank. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, whoever he is from from overseas. They have John Morant going third to the to the Cleveland Cavaliers. To the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's what it says right there. Yeah. Listen, you put him over, and and they just drafted Sexton from Alabama. <laughs> I don't. I hope he doesn't go to Cleveland. <laughs> I hope he doesn't go there. Just for his um, career's sake. For his career's sake. <laughs> Maybe in Chicago would be pretty cool with him there. But Phoenix and New York, I think, are two great places for him. Great places for him. And I honestly think Cleveland could do better with a R.J. Barrett or... Maybe maybe Zion ends, ends up in their lap. But I think Cleveland needs that... <sighs> I don't know what they need. They need a heartbeat. Does the draft <laughs> happen before free agency opens up for the NBA? I forget how that works. Yes. Yes. The draft is first. Draft is first, yeah. So do you think then maybe the Knicks are all in on getting Kyrie and yeah. Durant and making yeah. a push for these big name mm-hmm. guys? Do you think that might affect who they who, who they draft? Yeah. yeah, I think it always does. I think it definitely does. The thing about Phoenix, though, get, taking Zion Williams is what they have there. Phoenix has, I can't think about the rest of the guys that are there, but they've they been, have the guy they picked last year, uh, yeah. Aiden. Uh, Aiton from um, from Arizona. Yes, yeah. that's a big um, guy, right? Yeah, he's a big guy, but he don't play. He's his center. Zion's gonna play the three most likely in the NBA. 
I don't know. I, I know they got a really good team, young team over there. I don't know who they have exactly, but I think that Morant and Booker, slide Booker over the two and make Morant the one, man, that could be really, really dangerous, man. Kelly Oubre plays there, who they got from Washington, really good. But Josh Jackson, that's the guy I was thinking of, who, they, who was playing at Kansas either last year or the year before. He plays that Zion Williams, that small forward position. I don't know. I just think Morant makes Morant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Kelly Oubre Jr., and Josh Jackson. That's a good lineup right there, man. Really good lineup. That, that, that's what I would do if I was them. Let Zion go to the Knicks or R.J. Barrett go to the Knicks. Because I think the Knicks need that. And I think Kyrie coming there, maybe Jock's, what's his name, style a little bit then in that sense. I used Jock's style twice in one podcast. But, um, <laughs> Wild. And Kyrie Irving's, you know. But maybe it's Kyrie and John Morant there. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of good possibilities at that one and two for the Knicks. They cannot pick a dude from Europe. They cannot pick a dude from Europe. That cannot this happen whatsoever. This is ice cold. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. What is it? What do they put? Oh, lacrosse? Wow. That was crazy goal. Um, man, I'm, re- I'm ex- excited about the draft, especially being a Knicks fan and them having number two. But, man, it's going to be crazy. I just wanted to do that a little bit, talk about college basketball, with the tournament coming up soon, very soon in March. And um, we're moving along. While we're on while we're on basketball, I just want to stay right. here real quick. Yeah. I want to hit our tournament up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't forget about it. Yeah. Uh, the second round started. The first matchup was LeBron James versus Larry Bird. Who do you guys think won? Frank, you might know the answer because I know you have I social think, media. Okay. Mike doesn't. So, Mike, you tell me who do you think to won. To me, LeBron should have won. Did he win? Yes, he okay, won. Okay, good. That's good. He should have. All right. The next matchup was Michael Jordan, Jordan versus Dwayne Wade. Mike's got to win that. Mike won that. Okay. Okay, and the last matchup where I just did was I don't Carmelo. like this one. Carmelo Anthony versus Kevin Durant. I voted for Melo. Nice. Can I say that? Yeah, I like that move. I like the love that Melo's getting. Where are we at right now? Durant is at 79. It's over. Durant won. Oh, it's won. over. Durant won. Okay. All right. Well, it, you know, it is what it is, man. It's a very unique game of guys. I think I think Melo in his prime had had more. I think he would have won. More swag to him. Beat more, more juice to him. I think no he had way. he he had like a better shot yeah. from everywhere. Yo, d- better Mello, post game, right? Yeah. Melo's shot is super underrated when he was in his prime. He's a quick release. It's super just whap. It was good all day. All it would have been an interesting match. It would have been a really interesting one of this tournament that I would love to see live right. and see how that goes. We have man. one more second round matchup left that okay. I'm gonna post later today. Kobe Bryant versus Steph Curry. Whoa, wow! Who do you think's gonna win that? I think Kobe wins. I know wins. who I'm voting for. I think Kobe wins I that. think Curry might take it just because of the height. We have a more of a younger crowd that votes. It might, yeah, okay. So, but, but I'm basing this off of skill and yeah, one-on-one and how I'm picturing you, that. You got to guard Steph from the half court. Yeah, it's fine. Kobe will lock you down. <laughs> this is very interesting. Kobe will Kobe lock you down, prime. man. Lock you down. And I think Kobe is so gritty and just like a f- he's going to bring the heat. He's a funky player, and I don't think St- Steph is too nice in that game. Kobe, black mama, put, you man. know, ripped the ball out of his hand or something like that, kicked the ball to him instead of checking it to him or something like that. Kobe will get in his head. All right, what's this? What's this? What's this do? Like our little, uh, let's finish this out. Okay. Because there's next round, it'll be LeBron James versus Kevin Durant. Right. Who do you guys think will win that matchup? <sighs> man, that's a crazy matchup right there. That's the number one and two guy right now in NBA. Yeah. Man. That's debatable, but okay. LeBron, it's debatable, Le, but LeBron versus Durant, I'd say, I'd say Durant wins. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Guess yeah. my vote. That's you think Durant could beat LeBron in one on one matchup? Yeah, I think so. The AC's on. LeBron's in his climate. Fully oh. hydrated. Yeah. Fully hydrated. Listen, I think it's so a really Durant close. Wins? I just think Durant. And this is this is when he Durant's still had hair. Ju- you have to have a good <laughs> jump shot. You have to have a good jump shot in a one on one game. One on one, if you have a jump shot, you could go to the hoop, pull back, you know, and you get the space in a one on one game. You could it, you're not getting as many drives to the hoop as you yeah. think you get in the one on one. A lot game. of it is creating space. It's right? creating space exactly. One on one is a creating space game. That's why I pick Kobe. In that sense, and I know Steph can create space, but if he doesn't, he ain't three feet. And that's what Steph's gonna do. You know, that's what I used to do sometimes. I was I was a better three point shooter. And if a guy was bigger than me in a one on one, when he checked it to me, I made sure I was like two steps behind the line, so I get my <laughs> shot, so I can get my shot off. Because if I can make a couple of those, then he's gonna guard me. Yeah. But in a one on one, it's creating space, and you gotta have that jump shot. And Durant has it. That's why I would pick him over LeBron. Okay. Now, on the other side, like I said, we still have to finish Kobe versus Steph. But let's just say Kobe wins. Kobe versus MJ. Whoa. Wow. Let's just wait for that one. Yeah, yeah. Just I wait for it. I you don't want to finish about it that. I got to figure that out in my head. I, we'll can't, the fans, I can't jump to that the fans, yet. Bro. I just wanted to see what your guys' let's opinion was. Let's not give was. them any ideas here. Yeah, I right. don't want to sway opinions. No. <laughs> and I also want to give some light on... I know everybody heard it in their headphones or on their car radio or somewhere. Heard the intro, the new intro. Let us know what you know about the it. The Respect to Chat song. The Respect to Chat song. We're just the, messing with it a little bit. The dance video. I'm a music soon. producer, That's by it. the way. That's no. it. Love it. Chopping it up. Getting the vocals on there. Let us know what you think. We don't got to keep it, but we're we just like it. We're making a music video for it next, right? We're going to. I guess. The Richie, Rich has created a dance for it, man. It's going to catch on. People are going to be doing it. <laughs> also, we're going we're gonna to do a, I'm gonna do a vlog for... Uh, a day in the life of, oh, yeah. of Rich and Mike. Yes. So I'm going to start that soon, and that should be up maybe in a week or two. So they can actually see our day-to-day our life. Day-to-day life, what yeah. we actually go through, how yes. we try to prepare for a podcast. This oh, is the yeah. average dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. We just want to let you guys into our life a little bit more, see what you think. Um See you know. See what you want. If you want different content from us, like talk more about hockey and stuff like that, we'll start you know really diving into that. I want to know. I want to have A on the show, man. He, he, I was talking to A, man. He was he was really into the LeBron and and Bird matchup. He thought Bird would have won. Um, he said there's no LeBron James without Larry Bird. He said LeBron Larry Bird was the first LeBron James. Okay, wow. You know that That's type of passer, that shooter, that body style. You know what he could do creating. Um, that was really cool. Love to have A on, man. And uh, just let us know, man. We, we're just trying things out. We're, we're loving that we're on 49 episodes. That's it. Can't Coming beat up on it, a man. year. Can't beat it at all. Do we have, do we have anything else to, to I, attend I to? I got one fight announcement. Okay. Uh, Gustafson versus Anthony Smith. Gustafson. June, June 1st. Wow, good fight. Yeah. Really good fight. I like that. Really good fight. Before we sign off, um, I just want to talk about those fights a little bit. We got a new... Um, what division is that? Welterweight champion, Kamar Usma is now the new welterweight champion in the UFC. He beat Tyron Woodley. Um, to me, boring fight. To me, is like laying on the other guy, um, pushing the guy against a cage. It's whatever. It wasn't that impressive to me. You know, other people will definitely debate me in that sense, but it's like I feel like you gotta take a fight. I think he won. I think Usma won. I think Woodley did he nothing. Dominated him. Woodley did nothing at all. But if you watch the fight for the, for the one shot and yeah. it just never came, never came. And he said, 
He felt good going in. He felt great in warm-ups when he said he felt good when he touched gloves. But when they engaged each other, he just felt super sluggish, like all the energy was drained out of him. And maybe so. That's fine. And I think that happens when you're in that moment sometimes. I, I've never been locked in the cage and had none of that feel. But to me, no one, Usma, no, no. Usma is going to fight other dudes, and they're going to bring the heat to him. If he fights Kobe Covington, which I hope happens— I hope that it's happening. If he fights Kobe Cummings, Kobe Cummings is going to take the fight. Kobe Cummings is not going to let a guy lay on him on the floor, and he's not going to lay a guy let a guy lay on him in the cage, and he's for damn sure going to throw punches. I'll tell you right now. Kobe got a good stand-up game, man. Cardio for days, And too. he could do the same thing that Usman could do, and cardio for days. So I think it's a good fight to make for the UFC. I think it's still like— I think after that fight, though— it's it's downhill for either one of those guys. I don't think those guys could stand and bang with Till or Wonder Boy or those guys that were lurking that mm-hmm. could just never get past Woodley. I, I think it's their time now that Woodley's not the champ anymore. Yeah. I Probably. think Darren Till, if Darren Till can manage his weight, he could dominate in that division. He's got to get way better on the ground. They're still going to have to go through Woodley to get a title shot. Like I don't think so. What? Why not? Because of how bad he did against Usman, I don't think they they make that rematch anytime but soon. But look at how but Woodley used to dominate these guys exactly how Usman did to to Woodley. So why would you not let Woodley stay at at you know being the number one contender? I mean, listen, I it's agree not with the you. Mo- it's not where the money is, and that's all the UFC cares about. True, at that aspect, it is because Woodley. Well, I think Woodley's right there though, Rich. Someone's yeah. gonna have to fight him. Yeah, pretty soon. To get a shot at the belt, unless they, they to, they're going to have to go through him. Obviously, yeah. Kobe doesn't have to because he no. has an interim belt. No, I don't even know if Till does either because he already fought him, and I don't, I don't know if they want to do that. And again. Wonder Boy fought him twice, right? I, I don't think they do that again either. I, so the, you're telling me Woodley lost, and now he's just going to fall back and let all these other guys? Fight I think for what him. happens no, is they'll give him fights. There, yeah. There's a there's a lot of good people at that at that division. He definitely gets another shot though yeah. at the title. He has at to. some point once the if title changes hands. If if Kobe Covington wins, yeah. Then I think his path to to a redemption is a little bit more direct. Mm-hmm. But I think if Usman wins that fight, they're going to give him either Till or Wonder Boy. Usman is going to yeah. fight one of them. So who who would Woodley fight? Woodley maybe fight the other one, but I don't know Kobe? if you do that again. But yeah, he could fight Kobe. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that fight. I know you said you listened to the Brandon Schaub and Joe Rogan. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they were talking about how the ref could have. Put like uh, they kept he kept on standing up Usman yeah. Woodley yeah and you were kind of they were against it they were yeah they you, were and you were kind of I'm for, for it. it yeah but now their whole point was Woodley did that to every single one of his opponents just laid on him for five rounds no yeah no, no he, he yes. smashed people he smashed people up on the floor when he took him down he elbowed them he smashed them up he put in work to me Usman laid on him it's not a wrestling match it's an MMA fight. You, how much? And he did not even. He didn't even move or transition to me. He was just like laying there, and I still think that ref stood him up prematurely. He, there, it, there was it, still there was still some things. The thing being about done. Woodley though is, even if he's not doing it at that moment, he's looking for submissions and he's yes. looking for ground and pound. Yes. And it felt like Usman wasn't. Can you say that? It felt like he was comfortable where he was. Exactly. And if Woodley is still not doing anything on the ground, he's still looking to get those positions. Mm-hmm. He's looking for a headlock. He's looking for all these different things. And if you're not, then you're not working. And at that point, the fight should be stood up. Right. Okay. And there, and Schaub and Rogan's 
take on it was, well, if you take Woodley down, that's a humongous feat, and you should be rewarded for that, for keeping him down. You have to take that with a grain of salt, though, because Brendan Chav and especially Joe Rogan believe in like the, the purest form of, of martial arts where they don't think the ref should really be involved at all, right? Mm-hmm. So leave it all the way up to the fighters because if, if you were in a street fight, nobody's going to stand the fight up. Right, and and that's where they're coming at. So they want that to happen as least as possible. It's not a street fight. It's an entertainment. Do you, exactly. Do you think Woodley was trying to, to stand up? Woodley was no. kind of laying there too, yeah, waiting for make... the ref to break it up. He wasn't trying to get out of... Well, I think he used that in a sense of like, okay, he's going to... If I just do nothing, he's going to let us up. But I also don't think he had the energy to do anything. Yeah. Which people so, do also. Yes, yes. They'll try yes. to tie, if they're in a bad position, they'll try to tie up someone's arms mm-hmm. and legs and just hope that the fight gets stood up right. if they're not doing, if they yeah. can't do anything. But look at guys them. like John Jones and Khabib and uh, Max Holloway and just guys who, when they get a guy down on the ground, they're moving, they're transitioning, they're throwing shots, they're setting something else up for a submission. Like Frankie said, did, Usma didn't do any of that, did, unless I missed it. Unless I totally see a different fight than what Rogan and Chab did. Unless I got nothing but respect for those guys and what they do, and, and they're great at what they do, Joe Rogan and Chab. But that's just, I, I mean, we're allowed to have difference in opinions. And my opinion is that he just didn't do anything. There was no transitioning. There's no movement. Even for a guy like of Joe Rogan's status, of like a jiu-jitsu guy, like he, he, Usma didn't, and Usma's a wrestler. He didn't even transition to either side control or try to get through his guard or throw shots at him, you know, elbows or punches or anything, anything. And there's guys who dominate dudes on the ground. When they go to the ground, they're moving around. But it's like I, I don't think it's good enough to just take a guy down and lay on him for, for, for three more minutes because it's the purity, you know, of, of, of the sport, if that's what you think is the purity of the sport. But if you do that in wrestling – they're gonna they blow the whistle and then they stand you back up too. You can't just lay lay there and do nothing. Hold the guy's legs. You know what I'm but saying? But that is that is the position that you're looking for in wrestling. Right? Yeah, but the guy's on his back. But you and still you're have on top of him. right. But you still that, have to. That move. means you won. That, right. That means you been. won. But let's look at it from a wrestling standpoint of like you don't have the guy's back. In, in he he's not on his back, but you have his back and your arms are around him and you're controlling him. That's where you get a point in wrestling when you gain control, when you establish control. But then to get another point, you have to do something else. If you don't, they blow the whistle and you back up. You have a certain amount of seconds or whatever or so to get that next transition or to get that next point. You know what I'm saying? Usman's in a weird spot because he's very new to mixed martial arts. Yes. I think he's only been training for like five years, so he doesn't have these submissions and these transitions. Yeah, he's he's just he's leaning on his wrestling. Right. All right. So then the other part about John Jones versus Anthony Smith, I, I think John Jones did what he needed to do. He's still, I think, working out the kinks in what he exactly wants to do. I think he was like, this guy is dangerous, so I got to be careful what I do. But he meticulously threw great shots yeah. throughout that fight. He's such a tactician. He dominates the fight. In every aspect, walks you down, you know, throws what he wants to throw, changes things off of you. I think Anthony Smith, you know, moving on he is wasn't gonna, ready. Is going to do well, yeah, but he just wasn't ready for that. I don't talent think his yet. stock went down much. I think he needs no, I don't think different so coaches. I mean, yeah. that was the worst cornering I've ever seen watching a fight. Would yeah, you agree? With I agree, me? totally agree. And um, but I do respect him a lot for not taking that disqualification. Yeah, I do too. Because. Almost every other fighter fighter would have, and he didn't want to go down. And he like wasn't that. even hurt. He wasn't hurt. 
If Most he was fighters hurt, aren't hurt. And, 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 but if he was hurt, maybe he would have a legitimate, like, okay, you know, I can't, I honestly can't go on. And I think if he was hurt, he still wouldn't take it. Yeah. But he wasn't hurt, and he was like, no, I'm ready to fight, bro. Like, But I think him and Woodley both got in the moment and froze. Like, couldn't throw. It's like a, a dream, and you try to throw a punch. I don't think, I think that's what they were in. They were, like, kind of dreaming for a second, and they lost all ability to do anything. Um, I think Jones had more to do with that than Kareem Usma did for Woodley. I think that that's on Woodley, why he couldn't do that. Jones made it so Smith couldn't throw his shots that he wanted to. But I think what the UFC should do is put Jones against Santos, Tiago Santos, that dude with the sledgehammer tattoo on his chest. I think they actually might give the shot to that, mm. that dude, Johnny Walker, because they said that his shoulder was just, a, I forget what it was, dislocated, mm. and he's out for a couple of months. Mm. And they might actually give him a title shot. Yeah, well, we'll see. Either one, I think is, um, I think they want to build Walker up a little bit more. I think Santos is at that point where he can't build him up anymore. You got to throw him out there against a guy like Jones. It's like, where? Who else do you fight? Who else do you knock out cold? <laughs> that dude, he knocked out. He knocked out Anthony Smith. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you got to put Santa and then play. You know, the winner of Smith and Gustafson fight Johnny Walker or something like that. I don't know. But um, how about a guy from Brazil? Is named Johnny Walker. Wild. Awesome. <laughs> that Joe Joe and Brandon Chow were talking about that, which I was laughing so much. It's so crazy. My man's that's so American in Tennessee. My man went down for the worm and dislocated his arm <laughs> and flying knee to the dome on that dude, knocked that dude out that cold. Was I feel like he just had so much energy and was so yeah. pumped up and the fight was over so quick he was like didn't know what to do with all his energy. Nah, I totally agree. Um, really quick before we wrap this up, Cody Garbrandt took another L, uh, you know, three losses in a row, two to the current champ, and one to a guy who he just wanted to stand and bang with. Not a good idea. Once know. again, to me, he's got to... He lets his emotion get to him. Yes, he's a very emotional fighter. And Dominic Cruz said that's what happened to him when he fought Cody. He let his emotions get to him. He tried to stand and bang with him. That's no not good. true, though. That's what Dominic... That's what, that's know, what they I, say. I heard him say That's what they it, say but. that. Right, so okay, whatever it is, it is. Um, but Cody needs to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I he, like it. I he, think he could be one of those guys. Yeah, but if he wants to be a, a champ and wants to win fights consistently, which I think he does, and he's 26, he has a lot of room to to grow in the sense of using his wrestling more, learning distance, using more than just his boxing and fast hands, get a little head movement in there, get a little creativity explore other camps explore other camps i heard justin buckles who used to be a coach for um the, the alpha male crew who left also he had some of that beef with tj and yet he bounced and they didn't say anything about that at at, at team alpha male that's a little sneaky crew over there in my opinion but whatever <laughs> neither here nor there now that he's saying this guy's taking too much damage and you're not he's saying you got to figure something out to so that you're taking into consideration his career after this. Yeah. He can't be taking these shots like no. this over and over and over how, again. How many, how many times is he going to get knocked out? Knocked out. Yeah. Like, like that, he doesn't not, look good afterwards no. either, man. You know, his at, health, at all. His health. You, in the UFC, aren't, aren't they making like these, these new rules? Or like, like uh, wasn't there something about if you get knocked out so many times, like, they kind of yeah. stop you from fighting. Well, you got to take a longer longer time off if you that's, get knocked out. That's the commissions, I think, yeah. more than it is the okay. UFC. I just knew there was something that they're trying to do right what now. What do you to, think to, Cody to does? To protect these fighters. Going forward, both. I think he should go to a different gym, like you're saying. I, I think agree. He needs, to go, he needs to explore. 
Alpha male, he's not he's he's not gonna be able to. He's be gonna be that the same guy. Fight. Yes, he's gonna be the same guy. Not gonna be able to 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 go to that next level like yeah. TJ did. I think a different camp's not gonna change your attitude. I mean, what happened was he got headbutted, and he saw red, and he decided to stand and bang with that dude. No camp's gonna teach you that. You know, that's obvious. Well, maybe a camp would teach you that like. You gotta have patience in the fight game. You're not here because you got headbutted. Now you but lose you your mind. But you should know that you're you're, you're in the UFC. Well, maybe that's what I'm saying. His there there. But what else does he do then? To me, He's it's like okay, control you, his his emotions yeah, in the octagon. Right. You get headbutted and you get angry, but now his thought is just swing. Yeah, Instead that's his like, default. Oh, that on. is him. Let's go back and let's figure this out. Let's get through this round. Let me figure out how to get through this round. That's but not he has him, no other skills. I think what another gym does is it teaches him other skills. Forget about his mindset. He's got to figure out how to change his mindset. He wasn't using any of his skills, though. He was just he don't have them. swinging from the fences. But he never uses anything but his boxing. Nothing. He uses kicks. He uses takedown defense. Rarely. I very mean, rarely. He's got a style. He relies on his box. He's got to switch it up. He's got great head movement when he uses it. You've seen that in, in the Cruz fight. But the, 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 that was the only fight I seen him use good head, a good head movement. And a li- but he still was sticking to his boxing there, too. He just caught Cruz three or four times on the chin. You know what I'm saying? But well, I think Cruz won by decision, fighting. a five-round decision fight. So he beat him in every aspect in that fight. Right, right. He, but most of them are he knockdowns. He just knock him out. Yeah, yeah, most of them are knockdowns and then get back up. That's where a lot of his points are coming from. But I think Cruz is off his game in that fight. He was too jacked up coming in. He was too jacked up in there. He didn't fight like he normally does, like he fought TJ and everybody else. His, It was totally different to me, that fight. It's it's like that... that Cowboy Cerrone thing, right? If you want to be champion, then you have to control your emotions. You have to mm-hmm. pick your fights smarter. You have to. There's like a path to to the belt. And if Cody wants to regain that belt, then he's got to change a lot of things about himself. I think. You don't think he has to change anything about his game? Ed? No, because he won the belt with with his game. Yeah, but he beat one guy. No, he he beat guys leading up to the title. You don't just yeah, get he, a title shot. But he beat but he beat all those guys with one way of fighting. No, he one way of fighting. I don't would, think you could say he that. He stood there. With it, that's what he did. He stood there and he just banged. He threw hands. He just boxed. When guys come in there and start doing different things, he's very thrown off. Very thrown off. I don't think he was winning that fight before that knockout either. The incidental headbutt is whatever that happens. But I think it was a pretty close fight so far in that fight of how of how it would have been. And then you just can't. You also can't do that. You have proved that you can't stand there and bang because the other guy has knocked you out when you've done that. What did that guy say? He said that if the match came to that point, that fight yeah. came to that to that where they were just banging, huh. he knew his chin was going to last longer than That's Cody. exactly what and he, he said. And yeah. he said it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'll stand here and bang with you because I know my chin's better than yours. So if that's an aspect of his game, it got him It got him to a good place, and it got him successful, and it got him the belt. But now it's got you got to evolve. you got to evolve in MMA. You can't be one-dimensional. Where's mm-hmm. Damian Maya? Where is half of these guys that had these chances that these people blew up? They got to expand a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? You got to be versatile in every sense of what it is. Max Holloway just keeps getting better and better and better and better in every aspect of his game. TJ in every aspect of his game. John Jones in every aspect of his game. These guys well, are the TJ, top. TJ doesn't want to go to the ground. I mean, he, he's no, a kickboxer. He no, but he could defend himself. But he, he uses movement. He uses footwork. He uses creativity. He uses his kicks way more. He does that. And it, 
Cody Garbrandt just sticks in the pocket with you. Exactly. He's right in the pocket with you. And it's, if it's a boxing match, he will dominate you. He will dominate you. But now with but all, it's not. But by, but now with him getting knocked out, mm. he's going to be able to get knocked out easier and easier and easier. That's mm -hmm. how that works. Yeah, Every yeah. time you get knocked out, the next time you fight, you have. I a, mean, he took some big shots. It's not like he has a weak chin. He I mean, a, he just stood there and took five huge shots. I mean, he was a zombie listen, when he was, and he you, almost knocked that dude out with a flying knee. You clip after him, he was. You clip him obliterated. Once, you clip him once with a good shot. He's stumbling. That's the soft nah, chin. He was still throwing bombs after he got hit. No, he went out. He got to change his game. He yeah. got to change up his that's game, not, man. He got to figure something out. Because if you're gonna, if that, if that's gonna be your game, where you're gonna sit there and bang, you need to have the chin to do it, yeah. and he doesn't. I think he fights Jimmy Rivera next. Both of them are coming off of L's. Both of them need a big win. It's an exciting fight. I think Jimmy will just dominate him on the ground, though. I think Jimmy will take him down. And yeah. Jimmy can't fight the way he fought last fight, though. No, can't do that. Don't stand there with him. You know what I'm saying? It's not what you want to do. You're not as good. Of, but they both are boxers. Rivera and and Garbrandt. That's what they want to do. So maybe it'd be a really good fight. But Jimmy's also good on the ground, right? Isn't that one of his aspects of his Cody's fighting? Cody's a really good they're wrestler. Both, they're both, so they both have equal grappling It's not easy to take game. Cody down. It's not like you're going to just shoot and take him down. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see where it goes forward with him. But um, episode 49, Respect the Chat Podcast, man. We love y'all. With the birthday boy. With the birthday boy in the middle. Got his dinner coming up. Ravioli and meat sauce. <laughs> Here we go, man. Great uh, podcast. Great to have you. Um, dedicated to the show, Rich. We, we love you. Appreciate you, man. And uh, we're signing off. Peace.